Welcome to Fans of the Forge. I'm Chris. To my left, we have... It's Sean. To my right, we have... Teresa. And calling in via telephone, we have J.D. Hungerford. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How's it going? Good. Doing well. Can't complain. We got a little forging in this past weekend. Yeah, it was fun. Working on some our first knives and getting our hands dirty. It was, it was a good time. The next up will yeah. be a crossbow. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so yeah, I anvil a while back. I was, I was waiting to see how that would go. Oh yeah, I still have the anvil. I have a forge. I have a shed with no floor, so it's just a matter of time until I put a floor in there and then can actually use the shed. So that's yeah. where that's where we stand. Oh yeah. So, for our listeners and viewers who may not know, J.D. was the champion of Season 5, Episode 28 of Fortune Fire, The Steel Crossbow. So, that was an interesting episode um, when it comes to Fortune Fire, because it was, I don't know if they've had other ones where they had to make projectile weapons like that. Uh, I don't know if you know offhand or not, J.D., we, we... As far as we know, this is the first time we saw where somebody had to make a bow like that. Mm-hmm. That's what we were, the first episode with a dynamic weapon, something. That, that was when they called them weaponsmiths instead of bladesmiths. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they actually pushed that pretty heavy that, you know, for us, our episode, it was about weapons, weaponsmithing skills and not just make it nice so it was pretty cool yeah it was definitely uh an interesting episode it was a fun one to watch um and i also had a note here that this was when we were taking uh picks on who we thought were we're gonna win and i had made a note at that time that you were a mechanical engineering student and i put my boy because i'm an (laughs) me myself (laughs) so uh you you still going to school for me yeah, well, I'm still in school. Um, I switched. I've since switched to machine tool tech. Okay. On machine work, um, I got bored with all the math and all that stuff. So. Oh gosh, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <Yep. laughs> um. And so, anyway, why don't we move right into the the show here? Um, you want to take the first question, honey? Um, sure. In round one, you had to use three different types of plate still to make Damascus blade. Um, have you made Damascus before going on the show? Yeah, I was actually really excited when they showed us what that first challenge was, because it was something I was really familiar with. I think it was actually the same steel stock that I usually buy, so I was pretty happy. Oh, that's mm-hmm. pretty convenient. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, do you have a preferred steel combination for making Damascus? I or? guess like the they had 1075, yeah. 1095, and 15 and 20 for the show. Is that what you would normally use? Yeah, it depends on the knife. Most of mine are going to be 1095 and 15 and 20. Uh, sometimes I'll use 1084, or recently I started playing with L6 and 01, which is a little more durable. Um, but uh, I'm pretty confident with all of them in general. Cool. Do you uh, happen to have a favorite Damascus pattern that you like to make? Uh, favorite 
pattern that I like or favorite pattern that I like to make because there's a huge difference. <laughs> True. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Both. <laughs> what do you like to make? I think my favorite to make would probably be a really tight ladder pattern, um, kind of lower layers so you get a lot of contrast in there. Um, oh, okay. It looks cool. not too difficult. My favorite pattern is the River of Fire, which is basically a feather pattern that's been distorted a little bit. Kind of looks like a river flowing. Um, I've never tried to make it because it's unbelievably difficult. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah I'll like check we've that seen out. some of the feather Damascus, so if it's similar to that, I'm sure an offshoot of that's just going to be pretty cool yeah. either way. Yeah. So. During judging in round one, the only comment that they showed for you was that your plunge lines went all the way to the top of the blade, but they mentioned that it could be fixed. So when you were finishing up round one, was that something you were even thinking about, the fact that the plunge lines uh, went all the way to the top? Yeah, I was kind of fighting with that. Part of the thing, I was not used to that grinder. You know, not that there's anything wrong with the grinders they have. They're great. But I was trying to figure them out a little bit. I think I had the plate too far back, so as I was grinding, a little too much material here and there. I mean, it worked out fine. I definitely knew it was an issue, so, yeah, it kind of was what it was. Um, for round two, you were tasked with using three different materials in the handle construction, and you chose to make a hidden tang with carbon fiber, redwood, and orange wood stack. Did you run into any issues during your assembly of that handle? Yeah, it was kind of a pain in the neck. We only had to use three materials um, just to be safe. I cut extra pieces and extra material. So I had so many pieces. Trying to get them on was just pain. File all them out, keep track of what went where. Um, not the best way to do that. <laughs> For the uh, strength test, there was uh, the steel slate stab. Uh, were you concerned at all about that test? No. So part of the cool thing is that they did tell us ahead of time what the challenge or what the tests were when they announced the challenge. They mm -hmm. tell you. Um, so I designed for it. I knew kind of what was going to happen. I didn't know if they were going to hammer it through steel or if they were going to, you know, thrust into it by hand. So I left my tip pretty thick and I changed my sharpening angle and everything so that it really wouldn't take damage. Uh, so I wasn't too worried about that part. Cool. Yeah. It's a good way to, especially if you know what the test is, then you can prepare. So that's, that's good. At least you're able to do that. Exactly. And then for the sharpness test, the only comment was that you had a really good hunter, or not hunter, excuse me, you had a really good cutter, and you moved on to round three, the steel medieval hunting crossbow. And, I mean, the amount of different things you had to have for this was pretty, pretty impressive. The forge, prouder bow, rolling catch and trigger, and you needed to make the six crossbow bolts uh, that were at least 13 inches with Fletchettes on both sides. So, again, this being the first time that they had a weapon like this on Forged and Fire, I'm assuming that 
maybe the people behind the scenes are like, you know, would you be comfortable with something like this or would you be comfortable with something like that? In fact, I think one or two people that we've talked to before had mentioned being asked about, would you be comfortable making a, a crossbow? And they were, they basically said, hell no, I'm, I won't come <laughs> on the show if you do that. So what's going through your head when they announced that it's a steel hunting crossbow? I wouldn't even say this hadn't said it first, but a lot of people were asked about it and, you know, would you be comfortable making this crossbow? And that question stuck out to me at one point. It was that to me. And it fit with any of the other questions. So I remembered that. Um, so come, you know, when I got to that point, I'd actually been reading up a lot on a crossbow because for some reason that question stuck out. Um, so I was pretty happy at the done a ton of research about them um i was just in a good position for that so i was loving it plus i've made some crossbows before oh okay (laughs) (laughs) well that definitely helps (laughs) yeah i kind of saw it as an advantage of if anything to be honest yeah that makes sense yeah it's pretty good for your home footage they only showed that you had made some damascus that you didn't end up using uh, did you have any interest, or sorry, interest? Did you have any issues with that that they didn't show? Uh, yes and no. So basically, I didn't have a power hammer at that point. I was doing it by hand. So my biggest issue was making all of that for the tips. And I was starting out with I think it was inch and a half by inch and a half stock after it into a billet and trying to draw that out into those little arrow tips. It just didn't work. I had four billets. One of those ended up, that was my own fault. I did it way too cold and I knew better. Um, <laughs> the other three were fine, but I just did not have the time or the muscle left to do it. You know, I'd, have, I'd been that entire crossbow by the mm-hmm. time I got to the tip on the last day. I mean, my hand was just numb from hammering. Oh, I see. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So moving on to the uh, the testing uh, for the kill test, um, the test against the deer decoys, you had a kill shot, but John Francis uh, had a miss with his kill zones. Were you worried about the upcoming test just based on that result? Yeah, kind of nervous. At that point, we knew what the tests were. Um, and we came back and they told us, here's what we're So you're saying that yeah. your your crossbow tips were soft? Yeah, so, you know, going forward to the future tests, I was kind of worried for softer. They were, you know, maybe a 40, 45 Rockwell scale. Um, and I knew that the glass was coming out, so I wasn't quite sure how that was going to go. But I was also hopeful the, the accuracy of mine would pull it through. Gotcha. And so, well, we get through to the next test, uh, which was the bubble bladder bust and both of you guys passed it, and wouldn't you know, because of the fact that John Francis's wasn't as accurate in that first test, you won. So congratulations on your win there. Um, and we did notice that you have a, a new power hammer, and I was wondering if that was directly related to winning the show. Was that was uh, that was kind of the deal, especially you know second day of foraging at home, 
I realized I couldn't do that permanently by hand, so that was exactly what that was. You know, as soon as I got that check, this you know, power hammer was kind of my uh, my way to keep doing this. Cool. Nice. So that's it for our Forge and Fire questions. We also have some other questions here, just uh, some more generic stuff for you. What made you decide to forge your first knife, and do you still have that knife? When did I do it? Yeah. Oh, man. That must have been four or five years ago. Five, no, five, five or six. Um, yeah, I still have it. I have no idea where it is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one what, of those ones buried in a drawer and you find it in 20 years, you know? <laughs> what prompted you to make this knife? I'm not entirely sure. I've been grinding a couple for maybe a year before that, and something about it, I, I know what it was. I saw a blacksmith at a... Boy Scout event that I went to, and that kind of just hooked me on. So instead of grinding, I tried to. Fall. Of course, it was all miserable, but. <laughs> oh, interesting. Do you have a favorite blade style or design? Absolutely. Um, I really like larger recurve choppers. Um, there's a lot of good people that make them, but that's kind of the style of it, just the overall look of it. Okay. Nice. What is your favorite non-blade item to make? <laughs> Hands down, my favorite blade would be a crossbow. <laughs> oh, well, okay then. <laughs> um <laughs> I do know that I noticed on your Instagram that you had um, been early, maybe a couple of years back, you had been making some rings, and then I saw you post one a couple of days ago of a, a stainless ring. Is that something that you do often? Yeah, I don't do a lot of rings, but I like doing them maybe one every month or two. Um, but I like them. They're fun little projects. I can get you know, a little creative in there with them. But, yeah, I love making them. Cool. Which one? Whichever one you want. Do you have any advice for beginners? Yeah. Um, basically, watch the show. <laughs> Learn from all their mistakes. <laughs> I don't know how many times, especially now that they're getting into late seasons of the show, with people going on and making the same mistakes over and over again, watch the show and learn from them. See the judges say, you know, don't do that. Don't bother trying it because they really know what they're talking about. If they say it's a good idea, maybe look into it, try it out. But again, they really know what they're talking about. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that sounds accurate. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty uh, straightforward. Um are you going to Blade Show 2019? I don't know yet. Um, I'd like to. I might still be in college at that point. I don't know what's going on yet. Get, I don't know. Okay. Well, maybe we'll see you there if yeah. you show up. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Um, have you ever thought about completing in a Blade Sports competition? 
I've thought about it. Uh, I don't think I ever will. But it has crossed my mind a few times. It's just not my thing, I don't think. Yeah, to each their own. Yeah. You know, we've heard we've heard uh, similar answers from other people before, too, that, you know, it looks, you know, it's one thing to, to watch it. It's another thing to actually do it. And not everybody's interested in that. So it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not one of my... One of the things I'm into, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how many anvils do you have right now? How many what? Anvils. Anvils? Um, that's a good question. I think four. Or maybe five. <laughs> okay. I might have a small one kicking around. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, I've got a few. Chris, Chris was digging on your Instagram and, and came up with that question. Well, yeah, I, I came across one picture, and I thought it looked like you had three or four anvils stacked on top of each other, and I'm like, son of a gun, he's, <laughs> he likes those anvils. Yeah, yeah, I had those three and then a couple where I couldn't even get on the stack, so. <laughs> well, J.D., that is all the questions that we have for you tonight. We just wanted to uh, say thank you for calling in and chatting with us. And while we have you on the phone, we have already announced that uh, we're going to be doing a 1,000 follower giveaway based off of our Instagram account. And we also mm-hmm. mentioned that you were one of the Smiths kind enough to offer to donate something. So we haven't said what it is yet. And since we have you on the phone, why don't we let you uh, say what you were going to send us for that? Yeah, sure. Um, a giveaway, actually, I just sent them yesterday. Two crossbow tips from my final weapon. I had some extras left over. So those are headed you guys' way. Give away to whoever wins that. But they were extras I forged, you know, in the final round. So they've been kicking around my shop and time to pass them on. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That is awesome. We really do appreciate it. That is going to be amazing. Can't wait to see those. And, uh, can't wait to pass them along to whoever wins the, yeah, the giveaway. Absolutely. So uh, thanks again, JD, for joining us. And everybody, please uh, follow JD. I think you're JD Hungerford. Is it Blacksmith on uh, Instagram? On Instagram, if you just search Hungerford Blacksmithing, I'll come right up. There you go, Hungerford Blacksmithing. And uh, otherwise, you know, Search for search for JD. Check him out. Watch his Forge and Fire episode and see him kick some ass with that steel crossbow. And uh, remember to like, subscribe, and do all the good things that you normally do with these videos and or podcasts, depending on if you're watching or mm-hmm. listening. So thanks again, JD, for, for calling us, and uh, we will chat with you soon.